Hi, I'm Ethan, and welcome to the Data Careers Podcast. This is the show for breaking into a career in data science, analytics, or engineering. Each episode, I interview a data professional to share their career journey and advice with you. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. And I guess if you could kind of briefly walk through kind of what you're doing at Deloitte now, what yeah. is your role in Compass? Yeah. To just give some background. Okay. So um, I should say that uh, it's, pro- it's, it's a consulting firm. Um, it's project-based. Right. So, and there are uh, restrictions on the type of thing that I can say. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. So I'll just speak in general terms. Perfect. Um, by and large, Omnia, which is the group within Deloitte that I work for, Omnia is the artificial intelligence solution part of Deloitte's consultancy. Okay. And so there will be clients um, that may have some kind of some business problem, and the solution of this business problem will require a development of models that that use AI in some way. Okay. And so a lot of the, the job varies a lot. So what, what I do on any given day depends a lot on what type of project I'm associated with. So like truly each thing is shockingly different. Right. So because there's a lot of different clients and yeah. each client can be a totally different sector um, and have totally different use cases in mind. Yeah. Um, I've done things with uh, natural language processing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was uh, a really interesting project. Um, and that that was basically using using natural language processing to make uh, various types of risk classification based on based on certain types of documents. Okay. I don't want to say a whole lot more than that. Yeah, no, no, but, that's okay. Um, so, and it was just really interesting stuff because you're, you're required to understand the business problem. You're yeah. required to understand um, natural language processing and, yeah. and using whatever, using the cloud and using um, state-of-the-art algorithms. Right. Um, I've, I've worked uh, on things that were what you could call model validation, which sounds like it should be something straightforward but the models that you're looking at may be convoluted in various ways and and it led to a lot of interesting scientific questions and i got to learn a ton yeah um i've i've worked on things related to what i could only call like the philosophical side of things so back to your philosophy yeah Yeah. interest (laughs) back in undergrad true so um, it turns out that there are a lot of uses for creative thinking, even in philosophical areas uh, around AI. That it's wow. that you can, um, how to say, uh, trying to understand fairness of an algorithm. Right. Turns out that that's that's a very, it's a, both a philosophical and a very useful question to understand. Certainly. What makes an algorithm fair? Yes. And also, what makes an algorithm uh, explainable okay so neural networks yeah. are a big black box and people don't understand how they are making decisions but in some use cases it really matters how the decision is made right I can and, imagine for something like 
trying to hire someone using algorithms sure. to screen resumes. Right. That could pose a huge problem. Yeah, so if you don't get that. hired, you're going to want to know why, right? Right. And, and regulators may want to know why. Regulators may, may have, yeah. uh, uh, may hold you to it. And so being able to explain why a decision is made, turns out that that's harder than it sounds. Yeah. And if you look at all the decisions, are they fair? So then, that, then that's another question, and that's like, how how do we measure fairness, and how do we improve fairness? Right. And that's not that's not you know maximizing some function. That's a nuance. well, it can be actually. Oh really? Yeah. So it turns out, yeah, that, that there are there are very technical answers to these types of questions. This is not yeah. This is not just pure philosophy. It's there's a lot of interesting science there. Interesting. Uh, and wow. and regularization techniques, and there's a whole world uh, in improving fairness. In, wow. In deep models. That's fascinating. And I guess kind of to transition in terms of some of your coworkers, yeah. I'm kind of curious what types of backgrounds of people that you've, uh, they're you've very worked mixed. with. Yeah, they're very mixed. Um, so they're very smart. Um, and they come from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, so there is, for instance, um, our, our chief AI officer, has a PhD in uh, machine learning and he comes from a computer science background yeah. and he just sort of is like the, the Yoda or whatever <laughs> of, of ML at Deloitte. Um, basically anything you want to know about statistics or AI, yeah. you know, you can ask him and he's got something very smart to say about it. Right. Um, there's the first manager that I had um, was the first project I was on, uh, the manager there had a PhD in stats from Harvard, and he was like very into um, stats-based approaches, I would say. Yeah. And when when I joined, when he was sort of pitching me this uh, project that he was working on, he said something like, um, "There are there are five different PhD theses in this project." And I thought, okay, this guy's like blowing smoke up my ass. Right. Like, like what? How could that be? Yeah. Um, but it turns out he, he was completely right. Like there were so many interesting research grade problems yeah. in this, what should have been a simple business, business uh, problem that it was. And that was the first exposure that I had to a real large scale data science AI um, project. So, uh, there's people who the next project I was on the, the, the project manager had a PhD in, in particle physics from Oxford. Um, so again, smart guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's people who I would say, you know, everybody that I've worked with has, has an interesting story. Yeah. Like they're very interesting people. Right. Um, um, I mean, more so in my, how to say, more so, I think, than the people that I was exposed to in academia. I think it was, it was just, there's just such a variety of interesting people. Yeah. Um, so they don't all have PhDs. Um, some of them, you know, joined Deloitte straight out of undergrad and have yeah. worked their way up. Um, there's lawyers. There's... Um, yeah people who were business owners um, who entered consulting that way. There's people who uh, have 
worked in in labs, national labs. Yeah. Um, there's, it's such a mix. Right. Yeah. Data science attracts a mix of. Yeah. Know, and I guess that whole theme of variety in terms of the problems you're solving yeah. kind of lends itself to having a variety workforce at Deloitte. Itself. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's good that whatever type of client you have, Deloitte is able to provide people who are subject matter experts. Right. So, for example, if you had a client, you know, hypothetically interested in medical imaging. Yeah. Right. Like you already have some background right. there. Right. And, and, you know, them being able to staff you on a project like that, you know, would be advantageous from both their perspective as well as the client's perspective. Sure. Wow, we get someone who's done actual research sure. in, in medical imaging. Um, but yeah, I guess I kind of want to transition a little bit towards thinking about the, the more career aspects in terms of, I guess, giving advice. You know, you've come from graduate school, you know, you know, being a professor and then, you know, end up being yep. in industry. What, what advice would you give to, to someone who's, you know, in graduate school right now is is contemplating go breaking into to data science and you know, it's a quite a broad field. What what advice would you give broadly? And I know it's a tough question. All right. Um, so, first bit of advice: make sure you want it. Okay. Because it's um, I would say it's competitive. It's not. It's not like um, you can just have a PhD in computer science and just get a job. Right. So, it's competitive. There's a lot of um, there is a lot of demand for data scientists, but how to say, um, there's a lot of qualified people. Right. And so to get a position that's good, you will have to work to get it. Um, and so the only thing that's going to really keep you working towards that is to make sure that it's something you want. Right. So make sure that you know what you want. And that's true no matter what you want. Right. That's not just yeah. in data science. It's just it, for life in general. Right. You should try to figure out what you want. And then I guess also thinking about, and, and I don't know what degree you've been involved with hiring at Deloitte and like kind of what perspective you had there in terms of what skills and even thinking back to your experience of things that you thought in, in retrospect you lacked coming out of yeah. academia. What would kind of those areas that you could, that would maybe be a good area to focus on yeah, for okay. people in acad um, academia? Okay. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll answer that, but, but before I get to that, I'll yeah. just say, um, first off, like technical ability should be there. It should be, you know, you don't have to be a whiz in any one particular thing, but I think, um, knowing statistics and knowing something about computer programming, if not computer science, but at yeah. least computer programming. Um, so start early. So if you're in graduate school, um, just take a course in Python or right. R, or even better, I would say even better something like, like C++, to really start understanding how to use a computer. Because actually writing good code is harder than, than people think. Right. Um, a lot of people think you're a smart person, should be easy to just sit down and write a program. But, you know, software engineering is a discipline for a reason. Certainly. There's stuff there. It's yeah. not trivial to be able to write good code yeah. and to understand um, how to design and implement a technical solution. It's right. not trivial. 
even if you know, even if you're an expert at physics or mathematics, you know, that, so that I would say, make sure that you get experience programming. And the other thing is make sure that you have a good sense of statistics. Um, cause those two things come up a lot. Okay. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, so if, if somebody has those down, um, being able to craft a narrative. Okay. That's a big thing. Talk so, more about that. Yeah. So, you know, you can have a lot of people who can implement technical solutions. Okay. But working in something like data science is about addressing a business problem. Right. And addressing a business problem is about so many different things. The technical component is one thing. Um, it's about using data to help guide the decision-making process. Okay. And if you want to use data to guide the decision-making process, sometimes the data has to be presented a particular way and it has to be explained a particular way. And the ability to be persuasive in the way that you talk, the ability to capture essential technical ideas and to be able to distill them to somebody who doesn't necessarily have a training in that area. Yeah. Um, that's something that a lot of, in, in my opinion, a lot of candidates will lack. Interesting. And, and then I think that's, that's actually one of the most important parts of the job. Do you think maybe, you know, signing up, you know, being a TA, stuff like that, or, you know, can't teaching, hurt. right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. That can't hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything which gives you, anything which gives you experience and comfort in trying to explain things, but you know, it's, it's not even just explaining because I mean, yes, TAs have to explain things, but some are much better than others. Right. And the explaining, when I say a narrative, I mean, you have to have a story associated to the project and your okay. deliverable. Yeah. A story can be, um, a story can be understanding the different stakeholders involved, understanding the competing, goals and desires and saying here's how we've navigated this here were the issues and here's why this approach is the best yeah and and that's a skill set that um i think it comes with age and it comes with experience and so so that's something to focus on people will overlook that because they'll think of that as a soft skill it and turns I, out the soft skills matter and i guess the tendency of someone coming from you know, a technical field is that technical skills are the most important. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And that I mean, it's what you're judged on for the most part. If you, if you're in a, a research intensive university program, that's right. what you're going to be judged on. Absolutely. You're going to be judged on the quality and quantity of your technical output. And right. that's not going to be necessarily the same metric that you're going to be evaluated on in a business setting. Right. You will be judged on that. In a business setting too, you're, you're expected to deliver high quality uh, work and to be very careful in what you do. Right. But it's just, you know, how you present it really matters. And then I guess if... Also being agreeable. Interesting. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? Um, it, so in consult, I can say, you know, for, for, again, this is for a consulting firm, but but, you know, I think it's kind of like... Um, 
you have to have trust in people. So you might have somebody um, who's who's above you, who um, wants you to do something, and the and the something might not make any sense to okay. you. Yeah. It might seem like I don't really see the importance of this or whatever. Yeah, and you should trust. So okay, I, I'll caveat this later. Okay, but, you know, trusting that not everyone in an industry setting is going to give you the Albert Einstein proof QED at the end yeah. uh, demonstration of the soundness of the argument that led them to ask you to do some task. Okay. But that doesn't mean that they're wrong. Interesting. Right? They might actually be right in, in their instincts and in their understanding of the problem. And they might just not have facility or experience in explaining it in a way that sounds logical or sounds reasonable or whatever, but that's different than them not knowing what's right. And so, huh. um, if you have a training in mathematics or in yeah. science or whatever, you're used to people explaining their arguments and explaining the logic and, and it's, it's coherent or it's not. Yeah. Uh, and you're not going to necessarily get that. You will get that from some people, right? But you won't get it from everyone if you're in an industry. And if that's not there, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. Right? Fascinating. Yeah. And I guess the intuition of, you know, a mathematician yeah. would be, well, let me just see, let me see a proof. You're right. 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 That's, that's kind of the intuition that's, that's built. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, like, you know, maybe I trust you as an individual yeah. and like, I know you're a smart person, you know, well, but like, if we're talking about a specific thing, let me just see your proof and then we can yeah. kind of walk through that. And it's, look, it's great to question people. Nobody, certainly the culture at Deloitte is very open to questioning yeah. people and to saying, hey, why, why did you say, you said that this approach is best, H how come? And certainly it's not like that's, there's a culture that opposes that. Certainly. But um, on the other hand, you know, especially the, the senior management and partners, um, they are very smart and they have sometimes just extremely good instincts. Right. And they might not feel their, they might, their motivations as far as giving people justifications on these things. Yeah. It, it's just, it might not be their style or whatever. Right. Right. And so be agreeable. Right. Trust that these people aren't stupid. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, so that's just a general bit of advice, but you know, um, because again, science is going to push you to be argumentative. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. That's, that's what I think of as a scientific education is to be like, to be hyper, uh, cautious and skeptical and argumentative. And yes, Deloitte supports people challenging each other's Absolutely. ideas on yeah. the science. That's all that is true. But at, at the end, especially when it comes to, uh, certain business related decisions yeah you know it's important to to understand that like the lack of the lack of a clearly articulated logical response doesn't mean that the person doesn't know what they're talking about right and and i guess that that whole thing of you know questioning that nature you know coming back to even office hours i, that I had with you in linear algebra it's like that was what office hours was right you now and and that that kind of culture <laughs> right. is built even whether you go to grad school or not, and even that, that culture is, you know, in, ingrained 
in, in a university setting, you know, no, no matter what you're doing. Right. Um, but yeah, and I guess... And it's worth having. I'm not saying yeah, that that's no, not a good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is a good thing. You yeah. should always be a scientist. And actually, they, they for, for the projects that I've been on, there is a high value on... Look, we want to deliver the highest quality, most scientifically right. sound product, period. So that's, that's true. And everybody agrees on that. Yeah. But as far as what the ultimate, um, maybe the, the step-by-steps to execute a given solution, people may disagree. Right. Or, or even, again, like business uh, value in certain things. People may disagree. Certainly. And so, you know, just being, just being open to, um, to listen to people who might not present arguments in a way that you're used to. Yeah. That's something that I think people coming from academia might have trouble with. And I also think something that I've, one of the skills that I found really valuable is knowing to admit when you're wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in past internships that I've done and I found that it's very tough sometimes when you've worked on a long project or you've argued a certain perspective and when you realize you're wrong, sometimes it is tough to be hmm. like, hey, I'm, you know what? I'm wrong. Right. And you know, this wasn't the right perspective. Um, but obviously that getting to the right perspective, that, that whole process is a fruitful, fruitful, you know, conversation and, and, and methodology in, in, in either way. Um, but yeah, and I guess to transition to kind of to the last segment, um, I'm curious to hear uh, two things. One, uh, if you have to recommend one course for you know, everyone who's going into data science, whether it be across any discipline, at a university setting, what would you, what would you recommend that one course be? Something like a introduction to data structures. So something where it's a focus on how to think about a problem algorithmically and how to design solutions. Hmm. I think that, um, yeah, you can just get the largest um, mileage out of a course on, on data structures and algorithms. I mean, you might not be using any of the algorithms in your day-to-day, but it's more just about like seeing how one approaches a problem and tries to attack it in a systematic way. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I'm I'm torn between saying that and saying an introductory course on stats. Right. They're they're both valuable, but I I think I would go with the the computer science one. And what would you say, what about like a non-STEM course? If you had to pick a non-STEM course for data science, that you like, if you had to require everyone to take, what would you? Be? Man, I mean, it's funny because I don't. I'll be honest with you, I don't even know what's out there as far as what are the offerings yeah. outside of STEM, right? Right. It's hard for me to even know. I think if there is a public speaking type of course, yeah. But I don't know what you know. I don't know where. I guess you it find depends that. on the university. Yeah. Is there like are there debate courses? Yeah. I mean, I think in, um, you know, as a statistics student myself, I'm not exposed to that as much as I should be, but I think some of the political science courses, mm. at least at University of Toronto, have that element. There's also like Toastmasters, True. Um, which isn't a course, I guess, is a, the wrong word for that, but as a, as a club is a more appropriate term. Okay, so how, I'll, say, I'll say philosophy, 
actually. Interesting. Yeah, because um, philosophy is about explaining explaining your thoughts. Yeah. In in natural language, right. rather than rather than in mathematics. So. You know, and and it's about um, reading technical things, but also being able to express yourself in writing. Yeah. And and expressing yourself in writing is not easy for everyone. Right. So. I think that that's an important part of the job. I mean, again, at the end of the day, data science is about working in a business context. Certainly. And you're going to have to explain yourself uh, both yeah. through words, whether it's in person or in writing. And you know, being able to articulate an argument clearly in writing mm-hmm. is something that's, that's really Valuable. important. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess the last part, and I'm going to try to get this from everyone that I interview, where do you see data science in five years? Where do you see the, you know, data science is a very fast paced industry. Recent, you you know, recently defined industry in fact, and and I'm I'm curious to hear where, where do you see data science transitioning? And you could take that question wherever, wherever you want. I mean, it's always dangerous to speculate about the future. Certainly about like technology. Absolutely. Um, I think that you're going to see a lot more adoption of automation, which will eliminate much of what data scientists do. So I think model development and deployment will start to be more automated. Uh-huh. And so a lot of the tasks that data scientists might be engaged in will start to become more automated. Right. I mean, I suspect that that may be what will happen in the next five years. Yeah, and then how do you see, to kind of, you know, for, for the listeners who maybe want to position themselves for that future that, you know, that you, that you believe in, what, how would you recommend kind of evolving skill sets, right. experience, like, how would you yeah. recommend positioning yourself for that? I mean, I'm a big believer in fundamentals. Okay. In the sense that, that's why I say, you know, a course on data structures, because, you know, the the basic data structures, the basic principles of programming, the principles of of algorithmic design are well tested and they're not a fad. Right. And so, yeah, I'm a big believer in mastery of the foundational principles um, and the non-faddish things. So I think it's easy to get caught in faddish things and trends in tech yeah and um and that's fine but really understanding like the history and the the background and and again just the the first principles um is important because a lot of data science you know is is a repackaged version in some cases it's a repackaged version of very old ideas certainly in statistics and yeah. and inference and in yeah. ai and you know you should understand the history of things and you should understand the basics really well right so because then whatever fad it's just like now you're just adding on a little bit of color to like Those something that's already really yeah. well established in your mind yeah well great but but yeah but you know I, I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's I don't your know. perspective, yep. of course, but certainly a valuable one. So thank you for coming on. Thank it's you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Me. I learned a lot more about you. And 
I hope this gave, you know, a good perspective for potentially people who are coming in from academia to potentially coming yeah. into data science. Thank you.